Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. If you run an e-commerce business, you can relate to the amount of work it takes to produce something great. And of course, you want to optimize your workflow and reduce costs. That's why I want to say a big thank you to our partner, ShipStation, and perhaps introduce you to them as well. If you are not familiar with ShipStation, they've been supporting Cytosol School for years. They have helped so many of our listeners make things much easier, automate their shipping tasks, help them scale their business, and also, this is not a small thing, save thousands on shipping with industry-leading carrier discounts. ShipStation is the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code HUSTLE to sign up for your free 60-day trial. 60 days free. ShipStation.com. Code HUSTLE. Well, what's up? Welcome back to Side Hustle School. My name is Chris Gillibo. I hope you voted yesterday. At least if you were in the United States, exercise your right to democracy. And if you missed it, hopefully you'll get another chance. Now, yesterday was the Get Out the Vote episode, all about this woman who creates Get Out the Vote postcards uh, and made something like $60,000 in her first year doing it. The day before, we had the Survival Podcast, all about the zombie apocalypse, uh, this guy who's now making multiple six figures, producing a podcast all about prepping or preparing for emergencies of all kinds. Whether they are those zombies or a geological disaster or the decline of Western civilization, collapse of the financial system, all that good stuff. Today, let's talk about tourism, especially a more intelligent or thoughtful kind of tourism. Now, if you have ever gone to a big city and wanted to bring back some kind of memento or souvenir, you've probably found yourself at some point in a store with a lot of mass-produced junk. Or if you live in a big city, you probably have seen these stores and you see all the tourists going in there. And this can be discouraging both to visitors and to residents. Because if you live there, you know that your city has more to offer than whatever cliche it's known for. And there are some tourists who are all about the cliches and that mass-produced junk. But hopefully there are also others who are more interested in real history and culture. So today's story is about two friends who happen to be designers. They want to help Boston's artists bring their arts and crafts to the world. So they create a shop to help them showcase their wares, connecting them with the city's millions of visitors. This is a big success that, of course, starts with a side hustle. Stay tuned for that story. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Susan Batista and Fritz Kleitka love Boston almost as much as they love working with each other. They're both senior partners at the creative agency Fritz founded in college, Visual Dialogue. Over the years, the pair have also started a number of side hustles. It was on a trip to Fritz's native Detroit that they would find their latest big idea. Wandering down the high street, they came across a unique little shop which showcased local artists' creations. 
They had trinkets and t-shirts and tasty treats, which really represented the region's history and culture. They felt that their beloved Boston needed a similar type of shop. Every tourist-centric shop focused on cliché stuffed lobsters and your usual sports t-shirts. There was nothing that represented and championed the life, history, art, and culture of this beautiful and historic city. When the pair returned home, they began to look at why a shop like that didn't exist, and it quickly became clear. The cost of rent in Boston's most traffic locations was far too high for local artists to sell their goods, which forced them to sell hours away in suburbs, far away from the eyes of most visitors. Susan and Fritz wanted to create a shop which brought out the best of Boston to those visitors. They would set up a store somewhere with high visibility and enable artists to share their wares. And they gave the concept the name 1630 Boston, after the year the city was founded. To test their idea, they started with a pop-up shop. They would run it for a weekend in a prime location and see if it gathered interest. If it didn't work, they could walk away knowing they tried. The first step was finding a property they could use for a short space of time. Originally, they wanted to have their pop-up in Faneuil Hall, which attracts over 20 million visitors a year. They thought it was the perfect place to test the concept, but they couldn't get the attention of the property managers. So they looked to their client base at Visual Dialogue and approached a different property management company. They were able to land a weekend-long spot in a location which normally costs $20,000 a month, right on Boston's Newbury Street. The official date of the shop was set to five weeks away in November of 2015, which gave them a strict deadline. They had no inventory, no point-of-sale system, no merchandising, and no website. But what is a challenge if not an opportunity? Susan and Fritz weren't afraid to call on their personal and professional networks to help. They knew it would take a village to get this idea off the ground, especially in such a tight time frame. They began by asking makers and artists in their network if they had anything they would like to showcase. This helped them quickly fill a large bulk of inventory and ensure they had a wide range of unique Boston-made products. To market the shop, they made use of social media events and press. They set up official events on websites like Eventbrite, and they managed to get the local CBS news station to cover the launch. When the weekend finally rolled around, the pop-up was a resounding success. Residents and tourists alike were drawn to the shop to see what they were selling. They had an antique bell on their desk, which they rang every time they made a sale, and they found themselves ringing it a lot. That is, until someone asked if they could buy it. Everything has a price. With this initial success, Susan and Fritz knew they had an idea they could move forward with. They also attracted the attention of those property managers from Faneuil Hall when they came into the shop and offered them a more permanent space. They took them up on that and stayed there for three years before moving to a new location at a nearby hotel. The process of growing the business from a pop-up into a consistently open store, while doing it as a side hustle, has been a lot of work. They invest much of their time into merchandising, inventory selection, staffing, social media marketing, and pricing their products. There are a lot of hats to wear, but they say the key has been experimenting and finding what works for their business. Among other things, they host weekly events to attract customers. Artists come to speak about their work, and historians share tales of old Boston, all of which helps to bring new people into the store and engage with what they're creating. So how does the money side work? Well, the startup costs for 1630 Boston were around $25,000. They borrowed this money from their savings, and they reinvested back into the business. Their profits now average approximately $10,000 a month. Looking to the future, they're now going to build more of an online store presence to increase their reach. They want to make Boston's art, culture, and history available to people all over the world. Well, it is no small thing to start a retail shop, especially in a major city like Boston, and operate it for three years while you're also running a design agency and presumably doing some other stuff on the side. I think these guys should open up a second consultancy all about time management. But anyway, good for them. And also good to start with a pop-up shop. That's smart because obviously they're lowering their risk. If it doesn't work, if there's not the enthusiasm that they hoped for, then they kind of walk away. 
as opposed to spending months and months or perhaps years, you know, on this dream to have a retail shop and then having it not work out. Now, also, I thought the key here was leveraging their contacts. You really can't do something like this on your own unless you have a lot more resources than they did. You know, with startup costs like $25,000, I mean, that's not a $100 startup, that's significant. But again, to have a retail store in the city of Boston, $25,000 really isn't a lot of startup cost for that. So their greatest asset was the relationships they had. And I believe, I actually believe for almost all of us, our greatest asset is connections and perhaps connections of connections. And, you know, I often talk about using the skills you already have. Maybe you should also think about the relationships you already have. As you consider what your project is going to be or what your next project is going to be, whatever that product or service is, when it comes to getting started, when it comes to getting the word out, whether that's, you know, building the project in the first place, making the website, whatever it is you need to do, or then marketing the project, maybe getting connected to somebody else, chances are you know somebody who can help with at least one of those things. And I haven't talked about this recently, I should do a whole episode about it, but I really believe that people like to help. So it's not a bad thing at all to reach out and ask for help, especially when there's a logical reason for it, when you're not just asking everybody for the same kind of help, but you're going to somebody specifically and saying like, hey, I have this thing and, and is there any chance that you could help me with this part of it? Try that sometime and you just might be surprised by the answer. Wherever you are, I hope your week is going well. Inspiration is good, but inspiration with action is so much better. I love hearing these stories, but I also love hearing about listeners taking action and moving forward on their projects. Today's show notes are at sidehustleschool.com slash 676. I'll be back again tomorrow and I hope you will join me. My name is Chris Gillibo and this is Side Hustle School.